You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. I hope everybody has watched their two episodes of WandaVision that's come out because we did and we're talking about it. Yep, that's how that's how like much withdrawal of Marvel I'm in that I actually managed to get updated with television or television for what it is as soon as it happened my mind is blown <laughs> i mean it's been so long since we've had anything from the mcu it is kind of uh it is it's it's bad it's just bad uh yeah. no it's it's crazy because you think about it i think somebody i think i don't know if it's right or not but i think i heard it's been 18 months it's like wow that's insane yeah, 2019, the summer of 2019 is when we had Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I guess technically in 2020, we had uh, the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that's still somewhat A part Marvel of the MCU. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it's it kind of is, kind of isn't. That, that last season definitely decides to go far away from the rest of the MCU, so it's hard. But um, proper MCU stuff, yeah. We haven't had since Spider-Man Far From Home, which is a Sony product, even though it is part of the MCU. So a <laughs> Marvel Studios Disney product hasn't been since in-game. So wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but I'm glad it's back. I'm glad um, you know, like entertainment escapology has been huge. You know, there's just so much going on you know, our own personal day-to-day battles. So it's nice to have that that puzzle and mystery to solve because puzzle and mystery, holy crap, dude, episodes one and two, like what is going on, you know? So it's, it's very exciting to be like, okay, what does this mean? What does that mean? Uh, like I'm intrigued. So we will break down a couple of items from WandaVision episode one and two before we get into our WandaVision challenge for this week since we did a wandavision 101 last week let me see how many more times can i say wandavision and we're gonna go ahead and uh (laughs) just give you a a general uh breakdown of uh comic news or comic movie news uh before we talk about wandavision there we go and uh as always we're gonna start with the spinner rack so chris what is on our spinner rack on this new comic book day all right so if you are looking for more things to escape into then Tuesday, right after the holiday, go to your local comic shop because you can pick up all the brand new DC comics. Um, let's see. We will have Batman Catwoman number two is out. You know, I feel like a jerk because I had been making fun of it. It's like, when's that conclusion going to happen? When are we going to get the end of it? And I haven't even read issue one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I so like that. Maybe uh, that's. I was going to say, I like that Clayman cover. Or is it? Yeah, it's he. He's doing the art in the inside too, right? Yes, yeah. So he does the regular cover, and then people will be popping in for the variant covers as well. 
Uh, yeah, no, I dig it. Like he honestly, like I'm looking at that one with Batman and Catwoman, you know, posed up on the rooftops. And it's very interesting because as I look at that Batman, the physicality of it, like the body, he did a good job of emulating Jim Lee, or I don't know if that's, you know, if he was trying to emulate him or not, but that's giving me a very much a very hush vibe. Yes. I don't know if you're getting that too. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. I think that's really yeah so i think that's great uh and it's funny because jim lee actually then did the variant the the cover b variant um i like the fact that there's robin in there but it scares well it's a toy uh Uh but it scares me because it's joker holding it so it's like (laughs) oh god (laughs) now Uh, the cover uh c uh uh-huh so yeah that reminds me i mean i don't know who the uh i I guess it's travis cherist cover yeah that looks Um, about right yeah it the Batman outfit looks very much like a Michael Keaton, like Batman outfit. Yeah. No, in those, the, the way he's drawing, it, it's the face. Because I was looking at that too. Like the, 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 the cowl, it has that sculpt and even like the curved ears. Because, yes. you, you, you know, we don't get to see Batman's ears from the sides because that's not an interesting profile. But even then, if you think about some of your profiles, like they've almost been kind of triangular, you know, it's just, it's to create the effect. So yeah, those, those curves, that, that kind of eyebrow-esqueness, the, the nose. Yeah. It's very much like, I mean, if he had closed Catwoman's armpit areas, I could almost say like, you know, if you hide the ring, you could almost sell that as like a Batman Returns throwback poster, you know? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But no, I'm very excited for the series. I need to get on it because Phantasm. Phantasm is part of the DC universe. I mean, <laughs> everything is part of the DC universe. Um, spoiler alert, if you're reading uh, Death Metal, Generations, Future State, and then in March, it's going to be um, Infinite Frontier. But I think they are gearing up to just say it all counts. Like, if you liked Into the Spider-Verse, well, then we're going to one-up it because the even the soundtracks count, you know, like everything. <laughs> Everything like Seal is part of the DC universe. Kiss from a rose. <laughs> Don't make me start yeah, singing. <laughs> well, as long as you sneak in two more WandaVisions, uh, we get Disney Plus for free for the next of the year. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> sponsorship is amazing. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, check it out. Uh, I hope it's going to be good. I think it will be good. Uh, so I'm very excited to see um, how Tom Taylor ends his run on Batman. Uh, let's see. Moving along, though, Tom speaking King. of endings. Oh, that's right. Tom King. I'm looking at the next book already. Yeah. Tom King, how he will end his run on Batman. Um, Going to another Tom, Tom Taylor. So he and Trevor Harrison have teamed up and they destroyed the DC universe. It was amazing. Um, I think I, you know, you, you said you, you finally read it and it shut you down. (laughs) Like it was just too much. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this, this is insane, but I will tell you this deceased dead planet number seven. So, Deceased has had uh, essentially three sequels. I forget the other two, but Dead Planet is kind of the truest sequel because uh, Trevor Harrison, the original artist of Deceased, came back. So they did a seven-issue run. Dude, Dead Planet was amazing, and the best part is the ending. Like, I I can't wait for you, Mitch, to read it because. I think it's going to be one of the best stories of your year. Like, Ooh. yeah, it, it, uh, this, this issue, issue seven, uh, is probably like the best comic. I mean, granted, yes, we're what, like three weeks into the year, but 
I, that is going to be one of my stand-up books for the whole year. So I just was amazed by it. Um, it, you know, it's, it's got one of the best four letter words I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, hope like Ooh. it's just great. So I highly recommend this one. Um, I'm even interested. I even ordered it too. the, uh, the Francisco Francesco, uh, no Francesco, uh, Matina variant the, the zombie looking Mr. Miracle, uh, just cause I was blown away and I was like, this is beautiful. So highly recommend it. Highly recommend that one. <laughs> so we have, uh, the deceased, um, story and then there's deceased, a good day to die, which is just one issue. Then there's deceased unkillables one through three deceased hoped hope at world's end one through 15 and then deceased dead planet uh, one through seven. So one through 15 geez. Well, so that one's the digital chapters. So they did it as a digital release. So it might be something like, cause actually I don't even think they printed it oh. and they'll probably just print it for a collected edition. So it'll, it'll be that kind of math. And the D in the digital copies are all like half of an issue in paper. So it'd be, it's closer to seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's right in that sweet spot. Sounds good. Yeah. So, but no, DC's dead planet seven. Uh, if you need a good pick me up, go get that book. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, now we're going to move along. We're looking at the future state. So future state Catwoman number one is out. Uh, this was great. Um, okay. So this is where you're going to have to help me out with some movie knowledge, Mitch, the Chris Evans movie where he's on that train in snow country. Chris, oh, uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Okay, that's the name of it. I haven't watched Snowpiercer, the the movie or the TV show, but I kind of feel like this has that vibe because they're on this train and it's just sending people to like go get reeducated or something. I don't know, but uh, Ram V created an interesting story. Uh, it had me hooked. I was very intrigued because Catwoman is not necessarily a comic that I go to read to. I love her as a supporting character. I, I appreciate as a character, but it, that's not a comic I'm going to go necessarily pick up. Uh, so as I was reading some future state comics to get ready for something, I was like, okay, let's check this one out. She's part of the bat family. And of course, Otto Schmidt's work is amazing. His art is beautiful stuff. That was an action. It was a great comic. I was very intrigued. Um, you know, there was enough suspense and mystery. Uh, there were some characters that popped up. I was like, wow, okay, this is a cool, like, guest star. So, uh, very fun. Definitely very much worth a pickup and a read. Then we have Future State Immortal Wonder Woman number one. I haven't read this one yet. So, I'm very curious because obviously, with the phrase immortal, uh, and I don't know if. So for our listeners, there was huge, huge changes for Wonder Woman at the end of Death Metal number seven. So um, the best way to look at future state is I kind of like to say it's like the ghost of Christmas future. Mm -hmm. Like this is what could happen. So some of these things will be happening in the DC universe. Some of these characters will be part of the ongoing DC universe. Uh, but some of these things are just kind of great elseworld what ifs. But so anyways, with this one, the immortal Wonder Woman, you know, my first question is, you know, is it Diana Prince? And of course, on the book, it does say featuring Diana Prince Anubia. So that answers that question. But then when I look at this Wonder Woman, I see, okay, well, she's wearing Batman's utility belt and I believe Green Lantern's ring on a necklace. And she also has a white streak in her hair. So it's like, hmm, is this 
you know, is this going to relate to what's happened to her or is this just, you know, a potential future? So I'm very curious. Uh, there might be some clues as to Wonder Woman's state post death metal in the DC universe. So that'll be very interesting to pick up and see. Uh, future state Nightwing number one. This was a fun book. Uh, just because I know this won't be Dick Grayson. <laughs> um, because when we go back to our normal comics in March, Tom Taylor will be taking uh, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo will be taking over Nightwing's main series. So he's going to be very much a, you know, happy go lucky character. Uh, but this Nightwing in future state, dude, he is dark. He is angry. He is cynical. And it was just, it was, it was a great read. You know, it's just like, okay, this is seeing a familiar character. This is, you know, one of your friends and you're just seeing him in a situation and you know, they're going to get through it, but wow, was it really cool? Uh, Nicholas Scott's overall costume design is pretty cool, but I agree with you that chin strap just, it seems ridiculous because <laughs> The the even like as you think about it, the mask doesn't even wrap around his face. No, it's just it sits over the eye. So it's like I yeah, I just think of the tacticalness of it. It's like yes, it would be tactical if it was a helmet, but all that is is that's better for the 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 enemy because now they've got something more they can grab your face by and and yank off your mask. But Plus, like just looking at the rest of his outfit, like I love I like the aesthetic of it. Yes, it looks cool, but. In the practicality of Nightwing and how he likes to jump around and move, all that extra armor around the shoulders and on the chest and on the knees and stuff like that is just going to hinder him. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, the only thing I really, like, I mean, again, you know, it's it's just, it's cool looking design. Uh, but the only thing that I really thought was cool was just the Nightwing chest piece. Mm -hmm. um, just, just because I like the fact that it, it kind of goes back to that bird look again, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like that's, that's what I like. Um, but yeah, some of the other pieces, it's kind of like, yeah, like I almost feel like he's either going to go paintballing or laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, yeah, I think I, I'm in agreement. I, I like the look of it, but I don't think like the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Moving forward, uh, Future State Shazam will be out as well. Uh, this one, the, the, the my main interest in this book is for the fact that I believe I see Neuron. Um, and if you kind of tie all the pieces together, uh, they are collecting Underworld Unleashed for a deluxe edition. Uh, that takes us back to 90s comics with Mark Wade and Howard Porter, where they did a story where Neuron, basically the devil, comes to the villains and says, I will grant you whatever you want for your soul. And he not only stops at the villains, he goes to the heroes and tempts them. And he's actually doing really well until finally when he gets to Shazam. And Shazam says, okay, fine, you can tempt me. I will give you my soul to save everyone. And just the pureness of it defeats Neron because it's like, oh, I can't stand, you know, I can't deal with this. And uh, so that's how Billy winds up saving everybody. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see those two kind of get a rematch because sadly, Neron kind of got left behind in the 90s. Um, <laughs> I think he's a great character. I would love to see more of him. So I'm very excited to see how this one plays out. So then. So since this takes place in the future, since it's future state, I understand it's a possible future. Do you think that uh, Billy Batson is going to be older? Like when he, when Shazam shouts Shazam and he reverts back to Billy Batson, are we going to see an adult Billy Batson? 
that would make the most sense. Uh, that would be something great to see, but I, I don't know. Like the only, like I, I, I like as I look at the variant cover by uh, Gerald Perel, mm-hmm. um, you know, it looks like there's a young Billy saying Shazam and then it becomes Captain Marvel. Uh, that's right. I'm going to say those words. Um, like, I wonder, yeah, you know, so I think, I think Billy's just kind of stuck in that forever 20 or not even 21, but you know, forever 16, mm-hmm. uh, void, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, like Tim Drake was younger than him and now Tim Drake is older than him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. But no, but that would be kind of cool. Like if, you know, he was a man and then he says Shazam and, you know, we even see kind of an older Shazam. That'd be kind of neat. You know, maybe he's got a, a white streak in his hair as well. So that'd be something. Um, but yeah, oh, let's see. Moving forward. We've got future state Superman worlds of war. Uh, I like the idea and the fact that he's wearing the kingdom come symbol intrigues me, but I could care less for the rest of his barbarian armor, <laughs> or, <laughs> I guess lack of anything, but yeah. So we've got the adventures of Clark Kent, Midnighter, the black racer and Mr. Miracle. And this Mr. Miracle, I believe is Shiloh, not Scott. So just in case you were wondering, uh, Shiloh's a great kid. I'm excited to see him get publication as well. But it's very funny that they're calling everybody by their secret identity so they know who they're buying. And this time they're kind of like, oh, yeah, let's let's not say Shiloh Norman. Let's say Mr. Miracle. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, ah, DC, I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, Superman and Mongol. They are very much, you know, uh, bitter enemies. Like one of Superman's biggest stories, the man who has anything, the villain in that was Mongol. Uh, War World is is definitely been something that we've seen, you know, in a lot of iterations of Superman. So it'll be very wild to see what they do there. Uh, Future State, the next Batman number two will be out. Uh, so this will continue on with John Ridley's new. Uh, oh gosh, I already forgot his name. I want to say Tom Fox or Tim. No, I think it's Tim. Tim Fox, uh, the next Batman. So uh, I really enjoyed issue one. I thought it was great. It, it 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 took Batman for me back to basics, which is something I think Batman has been missing. He's, you know, I, I mean, yes, we joke where it's like, oh yeah, you know, how does Batman win? Because I'm Batman, you know. But it kind of gets old, to be honest. And I want to see a Batman who struggles, and I am loving that with Mister Fox here. So that'll be very interesting to see what they give us in the second piece. Uh, we also have Rorschach number four. So this has been an interesting read. Um, I think I'm going to be reviewing every issue of it. So as I read it, I also find myself diving into the actual uh, metaculture that it shares. So like basically, if you go back in issue number one, the guy who is quote unquote Rorschach is basically Steve Ditko. So it's like wait what <laughs> you know <laughs> so tom is tom king is doing some crazy stuff here um so i'm very excited to see what's going on i do i, I like the fact that the main character we don't even know his name like the detective who's researching um rorschach rorschach and his uh his new sidekick laura uh, i love the fact that we don't even know who he is so that is going to be something else so yeah the, the mystery continues uh, i've i've flipped through it i haven't sat down and analyzed it so this issue is going to definitely uh make your head scratch and as i've looked at it and now i'm looking at the cover i definitely see the clues a little bit better so i would recommend as you read this probably go back and analyze that cover a little bit more and see what you pick up 
Uh, but let's see, moving on to trades, we have Batman the Dark Knight Detective Volume 4. So this will collect the DC comics of the 80s and 90s. So if you're a fan of the character Anarchy, you can definitely go back and get some of his uh, first appearances here. So some good gems in those stories. Justice Society of America, The Demise of Justice. So this one's an interesting collection. Um, and it's funny because they call it, well, I guess it, it, it's weird. So you have the Adventure Comics 466 and All-Star Comics number 57, which those are kind of like some of the last uh, JSA books. But then you get Justice Society of America issues one through eight, which was a revival. <laughs> so <laughs> I find it interesting that they call it the demise of justice when it has kind of a an omega and then it's followed by an alpha. So it's an interesting one. Uh, but these were some fun miniseries, interesting stories. Uh, plus you get to see the JSA before they really got muckety muck. So it's some good stuff there. And then to follow it all up, we have Young Justice, the you know, next to next generation of superheroes. Uh, so Brian Michael Bendis has revived them and we will get volume three warriors and warlords to see what's going on with that team. So that'll be out on your Tuesday. Now, if you go back to the comic shop the following Wednesday, you will definitely get to check out a lot of stuff. So I'm just going to cover the Marvel one just so we don't have to, uh, so we could go into our stuff. So Avengers issue 41 will be out and we are going to see the heroes duke it out for the right of the power of the Phoenix. Uh, so that's a very nice looking cover seeing Black Panther uh, being possessed by the Phoenix power. Then we also have Black Cat Part 2, which will tie into the King and Black story. And I don't know how to say this because I'm not going to read it. I'll be honest with you, listeners. But I think Black Cat is going to have major, uh, a major part in this King and Black storyline. So I'll admit I was very dismissive, but I kind of think something big might be happening there. So that'll be interesting to see. So that's... Uh, that's uh, Felicia Hardy in uh, the Anti-Venom symbiote? I believe so. That's what it kind of looks like. It looks white. I don't know if they're just doing that because of her color scheme or if it's actually the Anti-Venom. Yeah, I, 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 now, now that you pointed out, I'm looking at the uh, the regular cover. It does seem that way. Uh, let's see if the solicit says anything. So yep, Black says Cat it. has to steal... Yeah, so she will be getting the anti-venom. That is pretty cool. I'm excited to see that. Um, and what I find interesting is, so obviously all the symbiotes are aliens. I wouldn't say anti-venom is, though, because I, I think you read that as well, too. When they created anti-venom, he was created by Mr. Negative. So it's not necessarily, so that should be like a venom symbiote that is like undetectable or uncontrollable by Noel. So that should be, that should be really cool to see how they play that out. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I, like I said, I, I'm not going to get it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should. I just, so I did death metal and I got all the tie-ins and in the end that seven issue miniseries turned into 24 comics. <laughs> <laughs> and so I look at King and black and it's like, okay, well clearly if I get King in Black, which is five issues, you're probably going to have to get the concurring Venom issues, which is five issues. I uh, picked up one tie-in and one, like, Marvel Tells quote-unquote history book. So now I'm talking, like, at least 12 pieces for a five-part miniseries. But if you really sit down and analyze it, that book is going to go everywhere. So I'm like, no, I don't think I can make the commitment for, like, 50-plus comics. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, so it's, it should be something else. Uh, but let's see. So we've got Cable Issue 7. Uh, it does classify as an X of Swords tie-in. I would say that's more uh, X of Swords Fallout. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. But Cable himself will be going back on his mission of saving the orphans, which I'm really excited to see that play out because technically Cable was an orphan himself. Uh, so that's kind of cool that he's going back and saving people who uh, fell down the path that he did. So we're doing Cable and Hope again? just with different No, not babies? necessarily ca- no, I don't think – well, so I think the way Jerry Duggan is playing it, it's more that – so if you go back and you read the original X-Factor when it was the original X-Men, um, Scott left Madeline, and Madeline had baby Nathan. Right. Um, Nathan – or sorry, uh, Madeline was then attacked by the Marauders, so she managed to escape, and then baby Nathan was kidnapped by Orphan Maker, uh, Orphan Maker and Nanny. Which is funny because now both Orphan Maker and Nanny are widely accepted on the uh, Krakoa mutant nation. And you'd think Scott, Gene, and Nathan would be like, hell no, get these people out of here. you know? <laughs> but strange bedfellows. Uh, so anyways, but yeah, so uh, Cable's been noticing that there's been a bunch of orphans. Maybe, yeah, maybe there is some tie in the fact that, oh, you know, this happened to Hope. But I would say Hope was more the fact that she registered as a mutant baby. And Cable here is just saying, no more orphans. Mm. There we go. House of Cable. (laughs) More orphans. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's see. Uh, Daredevil issue 25 will be getting a second printing, and that has the spoiler cover. Uh, That's right. Elektra will be the next Daredevil. Uh, She has a really cool-looking costume. I'm very intrigued to see is her choice to become Daredevil. Is she doing it for an altruistic reason, or is she doing it for her own reason? So um, definitely very excited to see what Chip Zardaski and Marco Cicero will be doing with this next part. Have no fear, fans. Iron Fist is back. So we have Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon. Uh, The legendary writer Larry Hama will be doing this one. So I think this could be a really fun miniseries to check out. Hopefully it'll go. Go ahead. Larry Hama is in the creator of G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah. He's. He has done a lot. Um, like he has a huge back catalog writing Wolverine. So it's like, wow, this guy is uh, definitely not somebody to sneeze at. So yeah, um, he he just he does a great job with character. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do to Danny Rand here. Uh, speaking of King and Black, so King and Black issue three will be out. Uh, this one's pretty wild. So definitely pick it up, see what you can get going on. Uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm starting to get invested in it to see what's going to happen. Uh, just because, uh, and Mitch and I, in our own private text, we were la- or I was laughing with him, like, uh, you know, heavy metal has taken over our comic books, you know? So it's like, you know, the Batman who laughs and Noel, these guys look like they're, you know, like oh, they should be part of gore, not part of <laughs> comics. <laughs> Uh, but it's here. The era is here. So let's just see what happens. But I will say I was very pleasantly supply surprised by death metal. So now I want to see what Donnie Cates is going to do. So yeah, King and black part three will be out. So uh, my, go ahead before you move on to the next thing was there is a King and black number three cover C variant, which has the Marvel versus alien cover. And is that a thing that's going on right now? All the alien. Yeah. Covers? Yeah, so because uh, Disney acquired the rights to Alien or Aliens, um, they have decided to do like an Aliens cover month or Marvel versus Aliens. So, yeah, everybody is getting their own little like 
chance to fight the alien and aliens. Um, I'm very interested to see, do you take alien and put it in the Marvel universe? Or do you just say, Hey, it's a property we got and we'll make our own comics with it, you know, because it's kind of like the star Wars thing. Oh, go ahead. I don't want the Xenomorphs to be in the Marvel universe. So if you just stick to just doing these covers and not actually bring the Xenomorphs into Marvel comics, like properly, I'll be okay. But I can definitely see them doing it. I mean, how would you explain Xenomorphs and the Brood? Or is it the Breed? Yeah. Uh, no, the Brood. Yeah, the Brood. Because they're very similar looking. Yeah, exactly. Like, if anything, I'd say, you know, one is definitely probably uh, a ripoff of the other. So it's like, yeah, how do you how do you play that out? Um, and plus, I never want to take from their story. That world, uh, there is fans invested. They've, they've followed it. They have a lore. Last thing you want to do is come in and say, "Oh, well, now they're a cheesy Marvel villain." You know, it's like, no, let them let them be their thing. Like, yes, you could do a crossover; nobody's going to mind that. I love Avengers versus our Avengers and Transformers, so we love stuff like that. But yeah, that I I, I would not say make it a full time thing. I mean, seeing as how Predator is also a part of the Alien universe, like if at some point I guess we get like Predator and Deadpool <laughs> team up or something, that could be weird. <laughs> That'll be the first time the Predator gives up on a job, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, the hell with this dude. I'm out. (laughs) So speaking of the King and... Sorry, one more thing. The King and Black cover, the cover C variant, it has spoiler written across it. Like, is is that that, that what the cover actually looks like? It has the word spoiler on there? Or is there actually a spoiler on the cover? Oh, um, there is. Yes. So the cover, the, the E variant by Ken Lashley... Um, yeah, something big is on that one. Um, just so we, we have been using the Midtown comics website to check out these covers and then quick synapses. So, and I even noticed it was very interesting to see that they put limit one per customer. So I think because this is the, the middle issue of the series. And even if we look at the, uh, cover a, where you have Thor versus Noel on it, something big is going to happen here. Um, my guess so I, I'm, I'm new to Noel and what's going on. Like uh, last night I was reading an article by uh, Ralph Macchio, one of the uh, main Marvel editors and like the history of Noel in the Marvel comics. So are in the Marvel universe, actually. Um, like, I think the only time he was ever stopped was because of Thor, uh, just because like the light and the thunder and stuff like that. So he managed to do it. So that's obviously going to be like the big, like, Oh, you know, because from what I've been hearing people say, it's like, well, where's Thor? Like, why isn't Thor part of this? Uh, they made sure that they showed the Sentry show up in like issue one, I think. And Noel managed to beat up the Sentry, who has the power of a million exploding suns. And it's like, well, uh, shouldn't that guy be able to stop this ultimate darkness? But not only did he defeat Sentry, he also took the Void. So now you're dealing with the the Noel and the Void uh together <laughs> you know and it's like at this point it's like well let's just call this guy absolute zero you know um, <laughs> so do you well, think it's kind of funny because it, it goes into like death metal it's like okay so you have the 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 batman who laughs which is a joker infested batman then as he gets killed in the first issue by wonder woman he his brain is then put into oh what did they call it the batman hatton 
Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a Bruce Wayne who stole the powers of Dr. Manhattan. Oh. So the Joker who laughs incapacitated him, then stuck, then had his Alfred stick his brain in there. So now he becomes that. So I think the coolest name would be, uh, what, what was it I was joking? He should be the, uh, Batman. the man Batten. The man Batten who laughs. Doctor, you got a doctor in there though. Yeah, we got man Batten who laughs. PhD. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no, they're going with. They called him the the, the darkest night. So it's like okay. Uh, so yeah, like I'm seeing the similarities. Hence why I'm excited because I love that. I know a lot of people don't want to see it, but I enjoy that stuff. So yeah. So uh, do, do you think? Do, do you think that spoiler cover has like? Uh, a fallen Mjolnir or something like a like a, a, the death of Thor again. Oh, it's probably going to be something like that because the 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 wild part is Donny Cates is also writing Thor, so yeah, he's got free reign. So we might, you know, we might see the fact that it's like you know, Noel picks up Mjolnir because it doesn't say you have to be good; it just says you have to be worthy to wield it, right? Right. So maybe, yeah, maybe now we'll have Noel with the Void and Mjolnir. <laughs> great so going on to the next one and i know you're about to speak about maestro war and packs number one they also their cover d is also a spoiler one yeah now that i feel like is crap because there's nothing to spoil there <laughs> uh unfortunately maestro god i'm so sad by this so maestro was like a two issue thing that happened back in the day uh it was a beautiful you know, Hulk future imperfect. And it was Peter David. And I think George Perez and they crafted this ultimate, like, like a quote unquote kingdom come for Hulk. Like this is, this is what could be happening. And Bruce always had to struggle with knowing that that could be his path because the only person who could stop the maestro was the Hulk of now. So he was very much aware of it. Uh, then, you know, maestro and he is, he's such a great concept villain. You can't just let him go to waste but you can't milk him either. Uh, so they brought him back for secret wars. They made him one of the big bosses and then they, they tied him into the mobile video game. And then he created his own like Marvel showdown in the Marvel comics universe. Um, and then finally the popularity was enough and they said, Hey, Peter, Peter, David, come back. <laughs> and he finally showed the origin, which was the last miniseries. And now they're, they're just going to keep milking it. And, I yeah, like to me, it's like, well, this is issue one. What can you spoil for us? I mean, unless it turns out that Maestro isn't Bruce Banner, that's the only spoiler I could think, you know. So I don't know. It's you know, the cover C is by Ed McGinnis, where he's topless wearing pants. Maybe that's what cover D is. He's <laughs> wearing a shirt but no pants. <laughs> There's your spoiler. <laughs> what about cover F? That I don't know if I particularly like that face on the Hulk. So that's tough because that's actually, that's Gary Frank. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's funny. Uh, like Gary Frank art is beautiful nowadays. Like I, I, I will never contest it, but I will admit, I do remember when I was first exposed to his art. Uh, I think it all, it goes all the way back to even when Jeff Johns was writing the Avengers. And so it was Jeff Johns and, and Gary Frank doing Avengers. Sometimes he draws faces that like you close your eyes at night and you see them haunting you. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it, it, it's a good looking face, in my opinion. It's not a Hulk face, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. He's got some other faces that are very much scarier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So if you want more Maestro in your life, definitely pick it up. Uh, if you want to keep Maestro good, I'd probably say stay away from it. <laughs> uh, well, let's see here. We have the Symbiote Spider-Man King in Black number one getting a second printing. Uh, so to tie in with the King in Black event, they have decided to make a what if. So let's go all the way back to when Peter Parker first gained the Venom symbiote. Let's pretend Noel existed back then. What would the Marvel Universe look like? Uh, people really got into it. So that's huge. So it actually got a second printing. So uh, might be worth checking out or trade weight. X-Force issue 16 will be out as well, continuing on the uh, um, House of X saga, Dawn of X, and all that fun stuff. Now, if we look at our collected editions, we have Dawn of X Volume 11. Uh, get ready, because the Eternals are going to change. So we have the Eternals Cosmic Origins. So this will actually be the Eternals as they were first presented when they were created by Jack Kirby. Uh, so if you want to get the real original origin, not the new anticipating a movie origin, then this is the trade for you. If you don't know what I said, then don't pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Immortal Hulk Volume 8 will be out, continuing Al Ewing's uh, crazy saga with the Immortal Hulk. And then in case you missed it, because there's probably like collections sitting everywhere, but X-Men Days of Future Past... We'll be getting a new printing. <laughs> I think it's funny because technically it, it, it can live up to its name days of future past because that future is now past us. So <laughs> there you yeah, go. That was supposed to be what? Um, 2015. Oh my God. Like, I mean, I, I think maybe even like, like 2001, you oh, know, okay. it was, yeah, it was like, cause you know, you know, just the fact that you could sit there and be like, Oh, okay. Nope. Sorry. It was the dystopian future of 2013. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dystopian for me because I was going to work. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely uh, there's a lot more to that trade, though, not to dismiss it. Uh, you will get the original uh, three issues, oh, wait, 38, 39, 40, 41. Okay, sorry. The four issues that made the original story, but then you can get the extra issues that milk the story and bring it down. Um, that's where it's tough because it's like, you know, how do you, how do you do that when you strike gold? Because like, let's, let's take this one. If you don't mind, just a quick conversation, uh, like kingdom come, for example, right? Mm -hmm. We both love that story. It's amazing. It was four issues done, you know? So it's like, okay. But then you had the kingdom that, that, that five week event. So we had five weeks, I think in total, it was like seven issues. Um, if you count the Magog Zero issue, it was eight issues that did sort of a sequel to Kingdom Come. But it wasn't as good, just because probably since, you know, both Alex and Mark Wade, well, only Wade showed, Alex didn't, uh, that probably brought it down. So that's probably a good argument for why you shouldn't do sequels. But then, you know, over decades later, you have jeff johns and alex ross and and other great artists team up to do thy kingdom come which felt like a great sequel to kingdom come so i guess the basic question is mitch in your opinion when you strike lightning lightning in a bottle do you think it's good to leave it alone or do you try do you keep milking it uh i mean i would say you leave it alone but obviously i'm not running a big corporation and want to try and get it again <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's tough because, you know, sometimes it's good and then sometimes it's not, you know, it's like, like right now I'm looking at a picture of a Ninja Turtle and it's like, 
you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That crossover was great, but should they do it again? I don't know, because I will gladly buy it. I think it would be great, but what if they make it and it's not? And it's like, <laughs> oh no, what did I do? What did I do? You know, it's definitely quite the monkey's paw. <laughs> That's fair. Yep. All right. So uh, you want to talk some WandaVision? So wait, that so that's what's on our spinner rack, spinner rack for this week. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little. Well, first, you wanted to? Did you want to talk about a little bit of news? Um. Well, let's see. So the only big stuff that I know we were trying to gather news before the show. So I guess Ethan Hawke is going to be part of uh, uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight, the TV series on Disney Plus. Which I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know any real enemies of Moon Knight other than Dracula. <laughs> uh i know that moon knight first showed up in werewolf by night yeah yeah i believe so which was werewolf by night was he a villain no i think werewolf by night was like a like a a a, it's it's the hulk but with werewolf powers you know so it's like he's a good guy but he's scary looking and misunderstood so it's like oh no what could it be um i feel like ethan hawk's character it's gonna be somebody else's villain that they're just giving it to Moon Knight because, like you said, who does Moon Knight fight besides Dracula and like Kingpin wannabes that you can kill and get rid of? Didn't you know? he also so like, like in his uh his one book um wasn't a wasn't one of the guys named Bushman or Bushmaster or something like that? I've heard Bushmaster as a character. Isn't so Bushmaster maybe that's the one that was on Luke Cage though? Yeah, and even then, that reminds me because it was like, what was it? I think it was Iron Fist. Was it Iron Fist where they had uh, 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 oh my god, I can't think of her name, Mary, uh, Typhoid Mary. And yes. it's like, yeah, Typhoid Mary, that's great, but that's a Daredevil character. Keep it yeah. over in Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah, there was a, a guy by the name of uh, Raul Bushman. So. So that was uh, that's a Moon Knight villain that I, that I remember. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, he def- Ethan Hawke can definitely not play that character. So I don't know who who could possibly be playing the other piece of MCU news that came out this week. Uh, well, there's a couple. There was the there's the Deadpool. Deadpool will be in the MCU proper, and they will get an R rating. Kevin Feige confirmed that. Uh, but there's also the possibility that. It's being reported that Chris Evans is in talks to come back for a uh, Marvel movie, an MCU movie, and he's he's kind of came out on his um, his Twitter and been like news to me, like mm, you know, being tongue in cheek about the whole thing. So I don't know. I'm I'm all for him coming back as Captain America. Obviously, it won't be a Captain America movie, and it won't be it won't be a big part. It'll it'll be something like. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Tony Stark in Spider-Man Homecoming. So that's what I assume, but it's who knows. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um and I think it, it's it's almost perfect timing because it's like if they do Marvel Secret Invasion, how cool would that be because Chris Evans could come in and play Captain America but then at the end of it, it's like, oh, sorry, I was a scroll. Ha ha ha. You know? Dude, I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, that would be a, a great way of bringing him in just and just having him be a scroll. But what if you also did a Stevel? 
What if you you had Ooh. like the evil version of Captain America, and, Ke- and you know, Chris Chris Evans had to play that? I I'm all for it. I really am all for it. But the fan backlash isn't worth it. Uh, so it's funny. I was so I recently started. I I I don't really listen to podcasts or even other people talk about comics. I just, I don't, but I was very curious and I forget, Oh, I found these guys. Uh, I don't know what comics historians or something. So anyways, they were talking about, you know, death metal and King and black. And they're talking about these events and they were talking about how they're kind of annoyed because when you get these events, you don't know everything that happened. And it's like, well, duh, you know, it's like, of course, you know, because part of it was built up in other comics. So, and they even referenced that when they said, oh yeah, like how was Steve, you know, a Hydra member? How did that happen? Like, so referencing secret empire, they're like, yeah, that made no sense. And it's like, well, it did make sense because when you go back to Steve Rogers, Captain America, number one, and he throws, uh, I think Patriot out of a plane and he turns around and says, hell Hydra. It's like, well, we knew that. And we knew Steve was evil for like that felt very Dr. Seuss, but we knew he was evil for like, you know, almost two years before the event came out. And yes, it's kind of a disservice to the fans because it's like, well, I shouldn't have to read everything to get the major story. Like if I'm a Spider-Man fan and I choose to read secret empire, I should be able to get caught up. And yes, that's true. Maybe they could have done a zero issue. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did a trade paperback called the road to secret empire. Cause that's kind of the big MO that the companies like to do. Right. So that's where you as a fan need to decide, well, do I want to invest in it? Because obviously Spider-Man didn't know Captain America was evil. If he did, he probably would have prevented Secret Empire from happening. So it's like, well, if you follow it from your character's point of view, it makes sense. They got launched into a world. Um, But anyways, just to kind of wrap this weird thing up. So like with with that happening, like I would love it. But the thing is, though, the, the, the comic book fans and their reaction was just awful. Like people took it to extremes. Um, and it was such a bummer because, you know, when a character goes through that, when a hero goes through that villainous arc, it is fun. It is interesting. Um, you know, like the first one I ever went through was with Hal Jordan. I love that character. And I remember when he became parallax, it, it broke my heart. You know, I was like, wow, because we didn't know that that was going to be a character arc. Nobody knew even the writers back then, you know, but luckily it started in Emerald twilight. And then 10 years later it, it wrapped up in uh, rebirth and it was like, wow, this was huge. So that was neat to see the character go through that odyssey. Um, so would I love to see captain America go through that odyssey on the big screen? Yes. But I don't, I would, I seriously would really consider probably getting rid of my Twitter if, if they did that, (laughs) just (laughs) because I don't want to hear people, you know, go bananas on a story that hasn't even fully presented itself yet, you know? Right. But yeah, I just, I think the fallout would be too much and Marvel Disney with, with the state of everybody throwing the word Nazi around, like it's nobody's business, you know, it's like, Oh look, peanut butter and jelly. Oh look, Nazi. I don't think Disney wants to have hashtag Disney and, or the word Nazi trending (laughs) together. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, okay. So getting on to WandaVision, what are some of the cool little Easter eggs and, and things that you pulled from the show that was, uh, comic book related? Like obviously the whole show is comic book related, but like there are things that are just comic book stuff, right? 
Yeah, well, there's comic book stuff, there's TV stuff. Like, that's what's really fun. Like, it's going to tickle a lot of parts of your brain. Um, so, like, I, th- I found it funny because I think it was like, I think it was like pretty much right within like the five first five minutes of the show, you know, once Wanda and Vision enter. And I think they got into the kitchen. No, okay, it was the next day. So, when she's moving the plates mm-hmm. and it hits him in the head, and she's like, Oh, you know, and, and my husband and his indestructible head, you're kind of like cringing because you're like, but it's not indestructible. <laughs> I mean, it's indestructible unless you have uh, infinity stones because because he, he is made from uh, vibranium. So it should be indestructible, but you get that infinity stone and you can just push right through it like butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so, yeah, you gotta have some stones in order to break vision <laughs> there you go um well let's see but i thought it was neat because so i guess from the previews i felt like that the, the black and white episode episodes were gonna be i love lucy and i'm sure there was some i love lucy but there's definitely a lot of bewitched so mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty cool dick um, van dyke yeah there you go that was i didn't even think about that one yeah um i thought this was kind of cool they were saying so if you look at the calendar august 23rd or issue 238 of the avengers so that was kind of neat so yeah so that takes us back to um vision being reactivated uh after he was deactivated passing through a magical field so that's kind of interesting. So uh, I've got some reading homework. So if you're interested, definitely check out Avengers issue 238. So that could be something that uh, that why that that goes with it. Now I don't know if this is me fishing or not, but I thought it was kind of funny to see the vision. Okay, so he's he's wearing glasses, right? And you're like, well, why would he wear glasses? And that's probably more for the actor's sake than anything. Um, but so anyways, he's like, I don't know, like when he got behind the adding machine, I don't know, it kind of felt very Clark Kentish, like, you know, George Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, Adventures of Superman. I don't know, maybe I'm fishing, but I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so I thought that that was kind of neat there. Um, the commercial that that kicks to my mind. So Tony Stark to- or no, uh, Howard Stark toasters. <laughs> yeah, the Toastmaster to 1000, which. I, def- I definitely think is a reference back to her having to sit there and watch the bomb that fell into their room uh, that she told about in Age of Ultron. Like, oh. it, you're sitting there looking at, she's looking at the, um, what's it called? The Tony Stark uh, logo. Well, the Stark industry. Yeah. yeah. And then it kind of did the whole light bleak, blink and bleeping noise, just like the one that. That's right. It did. As it got to closer Tony. to. Yeah. yeah so, so wow that. that just okay that is so cool i mean it's horrible but <laughs> that's that's pretty cool so now that explains why the toaster was because yeah i felt like that scene was just like like what a horrible alarm for a toaster to go off like <laughs> that's anxiety for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense <laughs> plus uh, uh so then the second commercial the the strucker watches which i don't know about the watch itself being a reference to anything but like obviously baron von strucker is in the mcu is the one that gave this wanda her powers by using the mind stone i think yeah was it the mind stone it was the scepter on her whichever one stone is inside the scepter yeah so yeah it's the mind stone yeah and then um uh 
with further extrapolation, if I if I'm correct in, in my research and memory, uh, Baron one of the Baron von Struckers is the one who created AIM originally, which is the beekeepers as they're referred yeah. to in comic books. And we saw a beekeeper at the end of the episode in, in end of episode two. Yeah, no, I definitely, I agree with that. Cause you're right. Cause I do remember the watch having the hydro logo on it, yes. you know, the Strucker and it's like, okay, well Strucker automatically took me to von Strucker. Um, and I, I believe you're right. I think he was like tired of, you know, the whole BS. And so he went on and did his own thing with aim. And it was like, well, yeah, cause that guy coming out of the sewer in a beekeeper outfit is like, well, beekeepers that has been notorious. That's how everybody in the Marvel universe refers to them. It's like, Oh, here comes the bee guys, you know? So it's like, okay, <laughs> so we're going to, now we're going to get aim. So we have Hydra. Now we're well, going to get aim. So we already had aim. We had aim we from Iron, Iron Man three. Like that. Oh, was... I repressed those memories. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, I definitely think that uh, Guy Pierce's character in that probably just stole the AIM name and used it for himself, just like he did the Mandarin name. Like we're gonna get a new Mandarin in uh, Shang Chi, so why not get the actual AIM? You know, uh, people, or you know, if it, even if they decided to keep going on after. Uh, Guy Pierce's character. I can't even remember what it is Adrian something. Adrian Pierce? No, no, no. not Adrian Pierce because it's Guy Pierce's name. I don't know, but his. Well, clearly. His, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Killian. Oh, Killian Graves or something like that. Is it, no, is it Killian Graves? Uh, it doesn't matter. He, uh, yeah. yeah, Guy Pierce's character. Maybe after he he died, they went on with uh, aim in another way. So, which which would be fine yeah no that'll definitely so uh you know and obviously we'll get the the cleaner version of them so that's always fun and then we um, also saw sword there's many references to sword in the com or in the show which in the comic books is like the the shield for outer space the uh, as a so you have uh i don't i don't remember what sword stood for but it's another acronym just like shield and it's <laughs> yeah. it's they exist in outer space and they uh basically are the first defense against all the aliens that might come in and, and mess up earth. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't, you'll have to elaborate those for me because I didn't, I didn't catch the, the sword. So there is the, that, that toy helicopter that she finds in uh -huh. the bush that has a sword logo on it. And then also oh, at okay. the end of the episodes, when they zoom out and you see a guy, a hand that has a notebook right there, the notebook also has the sword logo on it. Oh, okay. Okay. I did see the logo on the handbook and I was curious. Okay. So then that was, okay. I guess I just forgot my logos. Nice. Okay. That'll be really interesting. I'm going, going back to that helicopter. It was interesting just because I, it was, I remember red and yellow. So that makes me think Iron Man. So I'm curious, like, huh, you know, I wonder, I wonder how they'll tie in to that one. Um, cause I don't think sword had a specific color scheme. Yeah, no, I can't think of it. All I can ever think about is Abigail Brandt's green hair, who was the yeah, right? <laughs> the director of Sword. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any color scheme of her. Honestly, the red and yellow on the helicopter to me should have it should have made me think of um, Iron Man, but it made me think of Vision. So it just made me think that like Vision is somehow trying to break Wanda out of this trance or state that she's in. Ah, yeah, you know, that's a good call because it's not really, 
it was a like maroon, like it, granted it's red, but it wasn't like a bright red, like Iron Man. It was kind of that darker. So mm-hmm. huh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it, it does tie to that. Uh, but stepping back real quick, if you don't mind, this was kind of neat. I, I saw this because I was looking up something about time. So going back to the Von Strucker watch, right? So the time is 242. Well, again, Avengers issue 242, uh, Vision's body's repaired after being deactivated. And that also, um, it's important because it features Monica Rambeau, who is, was Captain Marvel and Scarlet Witch. So that's kind of cool because both those ladies are in the show as well. So there's another issue of old school Avengers to go and read, issue 242. Yeah, because um, they haven't stated it in the show yet, but if you're following the news and the casting, you know that the Geraldine character in the second episode is Monica Rambeau. Yeah. So I think she's probably, she's probably, I guess since we're talking space and sword, she'll probably be your uh, sword agent who got trapped in this crazy reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's also true. Um, There is a reference and I can't remember where it's at now, but there is a reference to Avengers 57 in October, an October issue in 57. Uh, uh-huh. or number 57 and that is in the background of uh i believe when vision is at his office and that's the the first it might be the first appearance of vision it's behold yeah. the vision yeah issue 57 of avengers is the first uh vision issue his first appearance yeah i saw that i saw someone else point that out and i can't remember where i saw that in the show so uh huh. Or it was eight fifty seven or ten fifty seven or something like that. That's cool. All right, I dig that. Uh, let's see what else do we have. So now I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm cheating. I'm looking at a little bit of stuff here. So I guess somebody was saying that the wine in episode one. So it's Mansu de Memphis. So it's House of M wine. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> nice. Um, and then if you translate, and I'm sure I'm doing horrible French here, but Mansu du Memphis is House of Misery. Ooh. So that could be very interesting into that one. Um, oh, now this one. Okay, now this is popping in my brain. So the neighbor, Agnes, um, that totally makes me think of, and now I just lost her character name, but I think she's going to turn out to be the old lady, uh, Agatha Agnes. Agnes? You know, I think she's going to turn out to be the, the 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 typically the the older witch who trains Scarlet Witch to actually go from just having mutant powers to mutant powers and actual magic ability. So I think that's that's going to be something to play in there as well. I think that's who her character could be. Yeah, I had heard that something about like the the name of Agnes is very important to a uh, Wanda Scarlet Witch storyline. So it's interesting that that she is kind of. As you can see in the first episode, very much helping guide Wanda in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think we'll see something like that. Um, well, let's see here. They're saying so. If you look at episode two in the beds, they're being separated. Obviously, that was a big uh, television trope of that era, and it looks like they were saying that was very much so because of I Love Lucy. They censored that. They didn't want to have the couples sleeping together, men and women in bed together in television. Uh, but I do even remember that. I think 
Didn't even the Brady Bunch, didn't Mike and Carol Barry, ba- Brady, <laughs> duh. Uh, I think, didn't they, like, at least in, like, in the first season, I don't think they had their beds conjoined. Maybe in the uh, first season. I know eventually they, they did. I remember yeah, eventually them being they did. in the same bed, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember the two oldest living in the same room in the attic and having separate beds. With That would make sense because they're brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so you got some wild stuff with that, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. They're saying too, the animated opening to episode two also is jam packed. So, uh, an intro sequence that invokes images of Galactus. Uh, so if you look at the, when vision is phasing through the, uh, through the house from the upstairs bathroom down to the kitchen, you kind of see something that could look like Galactus's, uh, helmet. Uh, mm. a love heart forming in the sky, the same way the human torch traditionally cre- creates a four for the fantastic four. Um, and then if you blink and miss them, so Tom King's vision run at the three twenty seven mark, um, you can see at the right moment, his vision phases through the floor again. So he constructs a synthesoid dog. So hence the bones, uh, wore slippers, so you see them for a quick second, and then was challenged by the Grim Reaper. Oh, okay, I guess that's the Grim Reaper's uh, helmet. It's actually not Galactus. Oh. So I'm very curious then. And that's cool because the Grim Reaper is the brother of Wonder Man. So yes, maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I tell you what, though, I, this is kind of neat. So luckily... Uh, because Nathan Fillion, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Don't don't get me wrong. And I it, it, clearly he's in way better shape than I am. But I remember when Nathan Fillion was first, quote unquote, cast as Wonder Man. Yeah, you know, he's just in his typical shape. You know, like well, he's he's whatever. But luckily, by taking on that show, The Rookie, I think that's kind of also caused him to get in better shape. So yeah. it's like, huh? You know, he's he's very much in Marvel superhero shape now. So maybe <laughs> maybe we will go from just uh, movie posters to more i hope maybe all right so that so that is uh the wandavision tv show we both enjoyed it and can't wait for more i really think because uh a lot of people that are uh reviewers have gotten um the first three episodes of the show and uh obviously us regular people have only gotten the first two episodes on disney plus uh, a lot of people are saying the third episode really picks into the whole like mystery box of the show, like giving you more stuff and more clues and stuff like that. So I'm super excited. Um, and will they always be two episodes a week? No, it's only going to be one episode a week. Okay. So this one, we just got a big treat, but after that, it'll go back to one. Correct. So, okay. Gotcha. Our challenge this week was to take a couple from the DC universe and put them through the torturous uh, turmoil <laughs> that is the relationship of Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Uh, the idea being very much so have the two of them fall in love, have the two of them uh, maybe have a, a set of children and then uh, one goes crazy uh because of the realization of these children not existing anymore and destroying the other one and then the other one having to uh put themselves back together and then basically find their soul again yep yeah we're gonna we're gonna take a happy couple and we're gonna put them through the blender (laughs) or i guess the the tony tony stark or the the howard stark 1000 toaster (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so I'm going to go first. I picked the couple, one of the couples that I really love in the, in the DC universe, uh, Rick Tyler and Jesse Chambers, also known as Our Man 2 and Jesse Quick or Liberty Bell. Um, to me, the, this was the best thing, one of the best things that come out of the JSA book, uh, the return of of these two, and before this, I I'd only known Jesse Chambers as the uh, Jesse Quick, you know, from Flash comics, and she used the speed formula that her father Johnny Quick had derived so that she can tap into the Speed Force. Well, come to find out that she's also the daughter of li- the original Liberty Bell, who has super strength and, and flight as a as a superpower. So she's like, hey, I can actually use those powers as well. <laughs> Takes on the name <laughs> of Liberty Bell. Um, I just thought that they were a great couple. I always did. I just think that Rick Tyler in his hour of power and, you know, uh, pre precognitive ability, uh, just made it so that the two of them worked. It worked in ways that the same way that, uh, Ollie queen and, uh, Dinah Lance work. Like it just, they work as a couple. They, they know that they can, uh, trust each other and fight together kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. So the way I'm going to go with this is because of Rick Tyler's time powers, uh, at one point in time, him and Jesse do have a kid, but it because of uh, retcons and stuff like Actually, that made me think that Wally West is basically the Wanda Maximoff of the DC Universe. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, him and Linda Park have twins, and then uh, the world reset, and they went away, and then he fi- he found out about it and went crazy and killed a bunch of people, and now he's trying to redeem himself in the future. Um, yep. So uh, kind of similar to that, I'm going to have, uh, because of a temporal war, which, you know, he has powers that have to do with time. She has powers that have to do with speed, which then relate back to time. Uh, they don't remember the fact that they had a kid in a temporal war somewhere else. And uh, at one point, he does remember, and he goes insane. He swallows a whole bunch of Miracolo. Like, he doesn't need to take Miracolo pills, I don't believe, um, to get his... Because his power is uh, inherent in him because his father took all the Miracolo. Um Right. Or Miraculo, however you say it. Uh, and he takes a bunch of it, expands out his powers, you know, essentially stops time, keeps everybody in a bubble. And this would be your version of House of M. Everybody's stuck in time. Like they're Ooh. all existing, but time never moves. Um, I would love to see how that plays out. We would need, I would get, uh, I would get it so that Jesse. Instead of saying like going back to using this the speed force formula, um, she says that she somehow is manipulated into saying the speed force formula backwards. And I want to think like what what would that do? Like we're already we've already conceded to the point that saying the speed force formula out loud allows you to tap into the sports the the uh, speed force right. Like uh-huh. you, as a mathematician, Chris, uh, have you ever said <laughs> the quadratic formula out loud and all of a sudden things just fit together? <laughs> I don't necessarily say it out loud. I write it down and things do fit together. 
<laughs> well, okay. So I like that. I like that you're playing with it. So what if it's one of those things where it's like the research is, okay, by saying the formula, it allows you to tap into it, right? Mm-hmm. But by saying it backwards, like, I don't want to, I, 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 like, I know they love to play with like, like I think of like Shazam and then Mazaz or whatever you say, right? you know, it, it, but this one, maybe by doing it backwards, instead of just tapping into it, you control it. Ooh. So maybe that could be the way you play that one. I could do that. I, you can have it so that she can control time, but it, I would need her to make the ultimate sacrifice so that she can get everybody else out and then get help for Rick. So she ends up being outside of time herself. So she can no longer be with her love. She can no longer be with Rick. Um, she'll exist outside of time to the point where eventually when Rick gets healthy, um, gets his re- redemption arc, we can find a way to bring her back. But then we will have Jesse without, maybe without her soul, maybe without her powers. Uh, something is going to be missing to the point where she is no longer acting like herself. And that will bring us into a so much third act of uh, getting the two of them back together and <coughs> her back to stasis, so to speak. I like that. Yeah. Cause it kind of plays neat. Like you, you almost think of like <clears throat> when something's timeless, it's at its ultimate like view, you know, like it's, it's, it's so it, by now with less time or, or a flip on that, it's like they're, they're missing what makes them them, you know? Yes, exactly. So I'm, uh, and then we can we can also bring in if we find a way to bring her out from outside of time. Maybe she grabs the kid, the kid that they lost during the Temple War. Ooh, nice. So that is my storyline. That's my <laughs> our bell. <laughs> oh, okay, our bell. <laughs> house of time (laughs) house of time i like that house of time what is your storyline in the dc universe that mimics wandavision or the scarlet witch division (laughs) so i went for uh i don't want to say necessarily low-hanging fruit but it it definitely has a lot of avenues so i went after the hawks i decided Hawkman. And Hawk Woman or Hawk Girl, whichever version you like, because uh, I'm going to use both. Uh, I, I wanted to pick them just because they have that convoluted history. So the players in my story, uh, just to get people familiar. So obviously Hawkman, uh, Carter Hall, but I like the Earth version of Carter Hall, not the Space One Katar Hall. Uh, I think he's a great character, but this is not the one I want to use for mine. Uh, then I will also be using Shiera Saunders Hall. The So at first she was known as Hawk Girl. Um, so she's a very powerful character herself, so I think she would be great. And then she's also the link, because then Carter and Shiara have a child together, Hector Hall, who at first was the superhero the silver scarab on his own and then eventually became a uh doctor fate as well and then the last piece of this puzzle will come down to hot girl kendra saunders uh so she at first was the i believe great niece of shiara because they are related through the saunders uh family tree so the way i would like to play this is i would uh I would definitely play it in the uh, JSA arc. So it'd be kind of like, I think it would be fun to be right after re- the return of Hawkman, but it would be such a disservice to the fans, but I think <laughs> it's going to be fun anyways. So as we first meet Hawkgirl Kendra, we've, her first appearance was the JSA Secret Files and Origins number one. 
So we see that she is basically giving her great aunt's uh, hawk girl gear. So she has the wings, the costume, the mask, and all that stuff. Um, her granddad is Speed Saunders, who was a Golden Age hero. He basically kind of tells her, like, hey, stuff's going to get real. You might have to step up. Uh, she was a, she had contemplated committing suicide. And so that's where they kind of have this idea that her soul, uh, didn't come back all the way. So there's moments where she has flashes of Shiara's life, even though she didn't live it. Right. So that would be something there. Uh, it's funny because now that I think about it with Kendra and Carter, it's almost kind of like a Steve Sharon, uh, and, uh, Steve Peggy. Yeah, Steve yeah, Peggy and Sharon right. relationship. I didn't think about that, <laughs> think about that either. <laughs> but so anyway, so Kendra is Kendra. So uh, we we go and we play out JSA all the way up to the uh, return of Hawkman that happened in the JSA books. So Carter Hall is back. His history is fixed. He knows it all. He has his recollection, recollections from the alien Katar Hall and everything's gravy. Except the sad twist is he has been returned, but sadly Shiara is not back because it's Kendra. So that's where they kind of had that struggle to like, oh, you know, I wish you were alive and things like that. And then to make it even a little bit more sad, their son, Hector Hall, he's also come back from the void and he's Dr. Fate. So he's like, hey, dad, everything's cool. (laughs) Mom's kind of here, kind (laughs) of (laughs) not. So anyway, so the way I would love to play that is, so as we saw, as the comics progressed, eventually Kendra starts giving way towards Shiara and it's like, oh, uh, she's having her, her memories and you know, everything's going great. Now, Jeff Johns played it that they eventually did reunite. And when they did fall in love, they were killed in blackest night. So I was like, oh, that's a bummer. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it earlier. So what's going to happen is at one point, Kendra does start giving way to the Shiara personality. So this mimics kind of the insanity that uh, Wanda was going through. So the voices in her head and, and all this stuff. So eventually Shiara's just tired of it. And she's like, I want to live like you didn't care to live. I want to live. So I want that. So that's where Kendra and Shiara are fighting inside the body of hot girl. Wow. <laughs> uh, then as, as, as Shiara finally, does give you know gain head and becomes the dominant personality obviously her and carter fall in love but because of the sacrifice you know the the forcing of her grand niece out the 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 curse has a twist so carter winds up dying but his body's still alive and he's not even katar hall he's not even carter hall he's just a hawk man nobody knows who he is he doesn't even know who he is so that would be kind of mimicking the deactivation of the vision so it's like shiara finally does it she escapes the grave comes back is finally reunited with her lover just to watch him die in that aspect um so that's what's going to be twisted there and because again she dealt with you know some very dark you know I mean, essentially forcing your grandniece to stop living so you could live. Uh, that curse even extends itself further to the point where now Hector Hall, all of a sudden, through the power of Dr. Fate. So Dr. Fate is like, Hector, I just noticed something. And, and you know, Hector's like, yeah, what's up? And it's like, you're not alive. You're like your essence, but you've been bonded to a demon. And so it's like, Hector's like, wait, what? So that's kind of mimicking the children where, yes, they were alive, but they were shards of a demon soul. Ooh. 
So now Shiera's got to watch her son basically start, you know, turning into a demon. And even it's to the point where like the helm of Naboo is like, yeah, sucks to be you, bro. I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's typically what we kind of see Dr. Fate do. So he, you know, he vanishes off, probably goes back to uh, the, uh, the classic Dr. Fate. So now, you know, Hector's slowly dying. Uh, Shiara's got to go through this. And sadly, she can't even take comfort from Hawkman because he's like, yes, I feel bad that my teammate is dying, but I don't know who he is. Uh, so she's going to just basically watch her world crumble. Now, I really want to take this on a deeper twist. So since we deal with magics, not everybody can access magic, but there is a magic that everybody can access. So Shiara decides to grab an Eclipso diamond to give her more power so she can be stronger to at least save her child, Hector. So once she uses the Eclipso diamond, well, this is where Kendra comes back and is like, nope, she takes the dominant personality and she gets to become the next uh, Eclipso hawk girl type of thing. So she's going to go on a rampage and she's going to be the one who destroys the JSA. Uh, so, you know, like it, it, just like how it played out in Avengers disassembled. So she'll go through and, and destroy all these types of things. And at that last moment, as all this is happening, just to sneak in my house of M. So my, my, my house of justice, this is where Hector manages to use a little bit of magic and just stops all this madness from happening and puts the JSA in a happier world where everything worked out. So in essence, it plays out that earth two never ended and everybody got to live on and all their new friends just get incorporated into earth two. Mm. So they're doing fine until, and this is where it's going to get a little even more twisted until the person who comes back and reminds them that reality is not reality. And who's that person? Clark Kent. <laughs> so it's like, you know, does the JSA stay in this selfish bubble and deny the rest of reality or do they listen to Superman and unfortunately have to destroy their heart's wishes in order to go back to the real world. Um, so in this world, luckily Hawkman does regain his Carter Hallness. Uh, so he's going to have to be the one who kind of is the one who's like, Hey guys, this isn't right. You know, yes, I'm glad I'm alive, but at this price, at the price of everyone, that's probably not worth it. So that's how I would play that out. So uh, uh, what is it? Birds live in cages. So cage of M. <laughs> cage of M. I like it. Or I think it would have to be cage of H. You get the yeah, hawk, cage hawk of hawk. H. <laughs> uh, I, 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 love, I love the fact that you use the hawks because all the reincarnations, like it's just – it's it's rife. It's rife for for using uh, all, all that messed upness to to uh, just throw in the confusion. I would love, and obviously you don't have to do this, but you, I would love if we threw in uh, more of the DC Comics uh, magic users. So if you had Zatanna in there to either help or hurt. Uh, definitely get the specter in there, like because you're talking about people's souls and being empty vessels and stuff like that, like. I think that would be uh, pretty awesome. Um, oh, well, they would be perfect. Yeah, because it's like, well, in this case, like, yeah, having the Spectre in there. Well, now you're going to have Jim Corrigan clashing against the Spectre because Jim Corrigan's like, hey, dude, I get a chance to live. Like, you don't always get to call the shots. Uh, Zatanna could play well because Zatara would be alive. And it's like, does she want to give up her father? You know, so mm -hmm. yeah, those I would definitely, yeah, those uh, that would be exciting. So it's like your main magic users are conflicted because, again, it's like, well, 
is it selfish to want to live or is it selfish to let reality play out? So yeah, no, that would be fun. Toss those characters in. Or, and then you can even have a uh, blue devil in there and you have a guy, Danny, uh, Danny Cassidy cast. I think so. Yeah. Danny yeah. Cassidy. He, uh, he's, he's in there like, no, you know, being bonded to this de- demon was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like I'm, I'm okay with this. Like you could see the both sides of the story. Um, yeah, yeah, your, your, your story, uh, once again, great. And I love the fact that we both picked JSA like couples <laughs> <laughs> definitely shows where our heads are at. Um, yeah, well, Hey, if DC's not going to play with those characters, <laughs> we will just sign them over to uh, geek elite media and we'll, <laughs> we'll take care of it for you. <laughs> I mean, uh, if they were willing to, if Marvel was willing to license their heavy hitters to Rob Leefield, <clears throat> why can't DC trust us? We can do this. <laughs> Of course, we'll need some artists, but we can do this. <laughs> we, we can figure that part out. We can, we, there's lots of free freelance artists out there that would wanna, want to want that want work, right? So, yeah, they'd be willing to cut their teeth on these awesome stories. <laughs> uh, all right, if you had anything that you'd like to add to our stories or anything that we talked about today, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia. G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, Chris, where can people find you online? Uh, you can definitely find me on uh, Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D, uh, and then definitely check out geeklyatmedia.com and aiptcomics.com for all my writings. Um, so definitely check them out, support them, and then also look to geeklyatmedia.com for all our other lovely uh, in-house writers and 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 people who love to share what they are passionate about as well. That's right. I mean, if you want to directly contact anybody at Geek Elite Media, you can go to, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts also on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Uh, but until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 